0: Hi, Kai. Hey, James. All right, got I got the settings all figured out. Let's do this. Nice, nice. Glad to have you on the podcast here. And uh, you're up in New Jersey.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm in New Jersey on the East Coast. We uh we got we got a Thanksgiving happening today. Um, We got some family over, so you might you might hear some noise. But uh, we're taking a little break. We just had our lunch and uh. some of the families have uh, split off Doing their own thing for a little bit But we're going to reconvene for dinner um, So that's that's what I'm doing today uh, You guys had your Thanksgiving earlier, right? That was in October?
0: Yeah, that's right I'm up here in Canada And our Thanksgiving is a little bit earlier Than your your guys down in the States So
1: Yeah, yeah
0: But happy Thanksgiving ha- to you
1: Yeah, happy Thanksgiving Late happy Thanksgiving for you Yeah, uh, thanks man and... So what's going on, man? So uh, let's
0: Let's, let's start the interview here and uh, just uh, t- tell us a little bit about your, yourself and how you got into reptiles.
1: Oh, wow. Um, so I don't have the typical story where like, you know, I, I was a kid, I was interested and just kind of fell into it. I, I never had the interest of, for, with reptiles when I was a kid. Uh, growing up, um, the only animals I was around were birds and fish. And uh, I pretty much had fish all my life uh, growing up. You know, I had a goldfish that, that translated to larger fish and more more complicated um, fish, tropical fish, and things like that. It wasn't until I guess high school time, high school when you know I took some genetics classes and I kind of got hooked on genetics. And I thought, hey, let me try to breed my fish. And uh, you know, I found the Siamese Siamese fighting fish. Uh, or also known as beta fish to be really interesting um, because they have a lot of colors they have a lot of thin patterns and things like that um, so I, I try to breed the siamese fighting fish and that was that was quite fun but i wanted to move on to something else you know like we, let's fast forward to like 30 years right I, I i kind of i guess i kind of discovered ball pythons in my mid-30s um, just because of the genetics aspect of it, So there's like so many morphs, as you know, like hundreds and hundreds of morphs, and you, when you when you try to layer them on top of each other, there's like probably millions of combinations, pretty much unlimited, right? And so, that kind of really piqued my interest. So, my my, I guess my start in ball pythons, like I said, was in my mid 30s, and uh, you know I just got into it because of the genetics aspect, but you know I, I fell in I fell in love with the animals, pretty pretty quickly. Um, You know, I I purchased like one or two and one, two turned out to be like 20 in a blink of an eye, you know, so...
0: yeah they're so interesting eh? and the genetics are so amazing how genetics work i i got involved in genetics too and they're just so deep it's and complicated it's just so interesting just to learn more about them all the time and it's constantly changing with all the new morphs and stuff people are producing and coming out with every year it's just it's right. incredible
1: right right i mean there's there's so many new morphs and there's, there's still more to be developed and there's so many combinations to try but what's What's cool about the ball python is like it's it's stable, right? Like what I mean by stable is you don't get a lot of hybridization, because when I was doing fish, there was like a lot of hybridization with the Siamese uh, fighting fish. They they weren't. They started with like, you know, a handful of different colors and different finages. But then people started hybridizing that with other other species closely related species then you got like metallics and things like that but with ball pythons we try to keep things pure like ball pythons in my mind we should just be breeding with ball pythons uh, i know there's some hybridization going on and they're cool to look at but um i think it kind of muddies the water a little bit so that to, to me like it's just fun to 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 work with I want to call it basics, but but you know, like there's a lot of different wars and and, and uh, mutations going on. But it's it's like the, the 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 idea, the the whole concept of the ball python genetics. It's it's very pure, and that kind of what what keeps me interested. Yeah, I
0: understand what you're saying. To keep the lineage pretty much straight, so it's straightforward with uh, the ball python gene right so you're not mixing it up and making like basically like mutts right and people sell them off and sometimes they don't even tell people what they're selling to other people and causes a lot of confusion and, and, and people just won't even end up knowing what they're getting right so right
1: right right yeah and it's, hard, it's hard to tell go. it's hard to tell i mean you kind of see that happening with the retics right because people are taking the dwarf retics and they're mixing it with uh, the mainland retics and then, and then, you know, they're selling them off as 50%. But it, like, just because one of the parents was a pure dwarf doesn't necessarily mean that the baby is going to be half the size of, of, you know, somewhere in between. It it, it it all really depends on how much of the dwarf genetics it, it inherited from that dwarf parent. And so I think that, that that's kind of what I was talking about when, when I'm saying, like, I, I like it because the ball python. Uh, game is is very clean. We're not muddying it with like different subspecies and other python species and and hybridizing things. So that's kind of what keeps me interested and and keeps it fun for me because you can, in a way, you can predict what's going to happen, um, but then you, then then you still get surprises along the way. So it's 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 just uh, I guess I don't know how to express it besides just saying that it's fun and and I'm having fun with it.
0: No, that's good. I see you work with a lot of different stuff, too. Is there any projects that you are you have on the go right now that you can uh, talk about or that aren't, like, secret?
1: Uh, I don't really have secrets. Um, there, There's just one gene that is kind of a secret, so I'll kind of keep that um, to my chest. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I dabble. Um, I guess my, my main projects are clowns and pies and... Um, getting into getting more into the desert ghosts um recently i picked up hypo so so this year i actually made my first hypos which was really cool i, I got um what did i get i got the hypo pies which was that was a really fun clutch because that was a uh pied head for hypo uh coral Glow pied head for hypo to a enchi pied head for hypo um but they weren't like they weren't 100 heads. They were possible heads because I never had the intention of working with hypo, but because I had these animals with, and they were adults, I was like, let me just put them together because now I'm now I'm interested in hypo. So let me just put them together and see what happens. And and you know, lucky for me, I actually made two uh, hypopides, and they're both females. So that's that's really exciting. So they're definitely going to stay in my collection and uh, you know, be part of the breeding project going forward. Um, As far as like the other the clown stuff goes i mean i I, i've seen oh my god i've seen justin's videos um his walkie clown combinations and the and the redhead combination with clown they're they're like amazing but i I don't necessarily think that i want to move in that same direction like i kind of i kind of got into clowns because I I liked what Ozzy was doing with his clowns and just making it like really, really popping with this orange and and the clean patterns. So a lot of my clowns that I had was kind, was purchased or bred to go into that direction of just very clean, very orange clowns. And and I, I wanna also get into, get pies into clowns as well. But you know, watching Justin's videos, I mean, I'm just, I just drool when I watch his stuff. It's so awesome. Oh
0: yeah I watched a lot of Justin Kaoka's videos too they're just incredible the stuff that he's putting out
1: yeah yeah it, it kind of makes you it kind of makes it hard not to go into that direction right like you, you can see how busy the patterns are and you're like wow like that's so unique It doesn't even look like a clown half the time a- after he's put all those codoms into it the
0: pastel clown that I seen Justin had
1: the pastel clown
0: yeah yeah there it looks it looks really nice too i like the the pastel with the clown was pretty cool i don't know if it was a super pastel clown or what it was but it, he had he had some really nice ones there
1: oh, okay and but- i
0: see he's doing he's working with a lot of stuff with clowns so yeah he, he has some really cool things going on there
1: yeah it's, it's some crazy stuff the last one that wookie combo i mean it it looked like i mean what justin said it, it looked like hieroglyphics written on the snake oh
0: yeah nice
1: yeah it's hard to not go in that direction when you see his animals you know but like i i don't have the 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 genetics in my collection right now to go in that direction because like i said i I geared it all kind of following more towards ozzy's direction but but you know I'm, i'm sure i'm going to kind of waver from that path and and make it make more busy-looking clowns because that seems like something that a lot of people are into, and and you know when, when a lot of people are into it, you know it kind of makes me I, I see more of it, right? And so that, that kind of changes my mentality as well. So, um, okay. um What what are what are you into? What what are and uh, and I, I, I know this interview about me, but I, I'm curious. What what are what are the mutations or genetics that you're into?
0: Well, I started off with some basic morphs and stuff like that. Like some of the when I first got into ball pythons, I was at a place in uh, Toronto called The All Reptiles huh? store. And they they had some uh, some baby ball pythons and I seen this this one baby ball python with with this crazy spider patterning on it and I just had to have it. Like, I, I was trying to figure out any way I could get my hands on this snake. And it was like $700 at the time. They were a little bit more expensive than they are today, right? I believe you can get one for like three or $400 today. But back then, it was like 700 bucks. And I just, I was I was pretty much, uh, I was a lot younger than I am now because I'm 40. I was probably about uh, 25 or so. But anyhow, I, I couldn't get my hands on it. And I was trying to figure out a way how I could get my own, uh my own bumblebee so i was uh figuring out what what it took to make that snake right right? so then i i got my hands on a male pastel and uh that was my first ball python i ever owned was a very beautiful snake too i love the pastel i don't really like how they brown out over time because they get older and they brown out some of them stay really bright like i find if you get like a a pastel mixed with yellow belly they 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 the colors in them pop a lot more, and they don't tend to brown out as much, right? Sure,
1: sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there's quite a few genes that keeps the animal clean. You know, fire, vanilla, anything in the in that fire complex um, flame. I think Lucifer is one of them. Sulfur, uh, of course. There's Desert Ghost. That that is that's a freaking fantastic gene to work with. It's recessive, so it does take longer, but man, it's the, you can't go wrong with adding desert ghost to any any ball python. No, I've
0: seen some very nice desert ghosts like stuff and it, it, uh, that stuff just blows me away every time I see one, right? It never gets old. I just keep on wanting to see more of them, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: That and the other one that I find pretty close to the desert ghosts and it's a different gene altogether, but it, it's really cool too. I see a lot of people working with is the diesel.
1: A diesel. Okay. Tell me, tell me more. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it's called a diesel. I've seen it there. I think it's, um, J- Jason Thomas there from, um, Nioka ball pythons. He's in uh, Canada too, right?
1: Okay. I'll have to look it up. That sounds interesting. But I know, I know there's the lace, there's uh jungle Woma, there's uh Mario. They, they, some people kind of say they're, The cleaner genes as well. It's it's not as clean as the Desert Ghost, but you know, it's it's because I mean they're codoms, so so it's cool to have a codom that actually does something similar to Desert Ghosts, even even though it's not to not to the same magnitude or degree as Desert Ghost does, but it's it's still cool. But I haven't heard about these. I'm gonna have to look that up.
0: Yeah, I'm looking it up right now as we speak. Actually, I'm on uh, World of Ball Pythons right. (laughs) Trying to, uh, I've seen a couple that Jason Thomas there had from, uh, Naoka Ball Pythons. Like I said, it was pretty cool what he was working with, uh, maybe it was the, the desert that he was working with. Maybe it wasn't the diesel, but I thought it was called a diesel. Let me check here. And, uh, a lot of desert ghosts are popping up here on, uh, World of Ball Pythons.
1: I mean, I, desert ghost has been around for a long time. I think there was a lot of confusion in the past with uh, desert and ghost. You know, those two other genes. The desert being that codon that does almost the same thing as desert ghost, except the females were just not breedable, uh, which was kind of sad. <laughs> it's, it's it's unfortunate, but it's they're, they're still beautiful animals. I mean, you can only have the females as more as as pets. But and then there's a there's the ghost you know the hypo i think there's just that confusion in the past and and, and you know e- even now people are asking if it's a if it's a desert or if it's a hypo um, you know when i when i post on my animals and i have to let them know that it's desert goes and just tell them it's a completely different gene than desert or hypo
0: I don't think I'm spelling this right, Uh, Diesel. How would you spell that? Uh, Sorry.
1: I I don't know. I've, I've never heard of it, to be honest.
0: Okay. It could have been the, de- the desert uh, morph that I I might be thinking of. It's really cool. He's actually, you you might've seen it too. Cause you're, uh, I believe you're on my group there. Uh, Wild about ball pythons yep. there on Facebook, yep. the Facebook group. I think he's uh, posted some of them up there. So I'm going to take a look back in the group here see if I can see some of them, but they're, they, they're incredible. I think if it is the desert, it's a, it's an amazing looking snake. Like just blows me away. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm seeing some pictures, I think uh, it's the diesel, I'm not really sure. Yeah, I don't think I can play these videos right now when I'm on my phone. Uh, I think it'll cut off our conversation, but... I mean, from the pictures, it yes. looks it looks pretty bright. I'll have to dig into it a little bit more now that you told me about it.
0: Yeah, I've I've got some of my snakes from this guy too, um, Jason Thomas there from uh, Nyoka Ball Pythons. He's a very good breeder too. He has a lot of cool stuff. Uh, I got some single gene morphs off of him, uh, Fireball Python. And uh, the, the another snake that because you uh, you asked me what I what I was working with in ball pythons that I had that was pretty cool is uh, I had a leopard lesser pastel. Which which is a very cool looking snake to me. I I really uh, dig the leopard lesser pastels.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. I. You know what? That's one of the leopard is one of the genes that I'm lacking in my collection. Um, I just don't know what to do with it. To be honest. I mean, I see the leopard clowns, but uh, I, I just I just. I guess my mind isn't focused on in that direction uh, with the leopards. I mean, there's obviously the Batman you can do, and there's a lot of other things you can add on to the Batman. But for some reason, and I, I think it's just it's just me being me, um, I just I just can't wrap my head around leopard and what to do with it. It's a cool gene. I do have maybe one or two in my collection, um, but it's 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 the other stuff. Uh, like I like I have a leopard. Pet clown right it's, it's a super pastel leopard head clown and yeah it's a leopard but i i, I really purchased that one because it's a head clown <laughs> not because it's leopard so
0: oh you you have to get into the leopard stuff then the leopard's just amazing that's another snake that i bought too was a, a single gene uh, leopard i got from uh, steel city constrictors and a uh, very cool snake like the, just a leopard alone the, single gene is just uh stellar it's amazing be definitely something that i recommend anybody else to get into right i'm trying to add you right into this uh thing in the group in uh in, in facebook but your name's not popping up i'm just uh it's it's anyhow it's on wild about ball pythons the facebook group if you uh, scroll down a little bit in the group in the 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 conversations you you'll you'll see uh the the diesel produced by jason thomas it's it, it is in there i just scrolled down like it's not even that far down if you're in the group if you scroll down just a little ways you're 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 gonna see the diesel gene he's got a diesel fire there okay yeah i'm, I'm on it right now i just tried to add your name into the the, the conversation to see if it would tag you in it, right? But uh, I'm not able to do that. So anyways, if you scroll down in wild about ball pythons, you're, you're gonna find it. It's the diesel fire. Okay. So so what other uh, morphs are you like uh, working with? Like uh, are you working with anything a- a- ex-anthic?
1: Uh Yeah, yes, uh, not, not too heavily though. Um, so, the story with the Xanthics is uh, I wanted to produce the, the Xanthic Pied and, um, and I got I got the female. My first Xanthic was a Xanthic Head Pied from Ozzy. And I did purchase uh, another Xanthic Head Pied and the Pied Head Xanthic, but the the
0: You still there? Hey, are you, Can you still hear me? there? K- Can you hear me? Yeah, oh,
1: okay. Uh, I don't...
0: Okay, I didn't know what happened to you there for a second.
1: Oh, uh, so so I think you, you asked me about um, if I was working with Exantix. Uh,
0: yeah, that's correct. Yeah.
1: So yeah, like I said the, the, the first uh Xanthic that I got was uh an Xanthic pet pied because I wanted to make the double visual as antic pieds. Um so the first first one I got was from Ozzy. Beautiful, beautiful animal. I thought it was a hatchling, it actually came to me as like a subadult, which which was quite a surprise. Um but then like after that when I purchased other exantics, I just I just didn't see it they just weren't at the same caliber. They, um, you know, I, I purchased all other xanthics as a hatchling, and then once they get to like 300 grams, you see a little bit of yellowing coming through, and, you know, I just, I just didn't want to breed the yellows into xanthes, because to me, xanthics should just be pure black and white and gray and silver, right? So, I ended up just putting, uh, that, ex- that I got from Ozzy to a, uh, to other animals, and, um, You know, I want to just keep things pure. Again, I I like to keep things pure. So I'm going to use the same line, I'm going to call it, or or this, yeah, I I guess I can call it the same line from Ozzy and just make my own uh, lightning pies without introducing any other um, Exanthics into my collection. So that's, so that's, that's, that's what I'm doing right now. My Exanthics within my collection is kind of small, so, uh, but I, but I am trying to put Exanthics with Desert Ghosts. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I saw how clean it is. I mean, you know, Desert Ghost is so clean. And then putting ex, putting that to exantics is just going to make things even more clean. And just, again, I just like the, the pure black and white and, and the gray and, and, and silver tones of an exantic and, and to put the Desert Ghost into it, it's going to get rid of all of those little impurities, I'm going to call it, right? All those, like, little yellow specklings that might pop up, Um so, that that's that's the plan. Uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. I have a couple um, double heads that I produced a couple years ago. They're 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 up there. I mean, they're probably 11, 1,200 grams now. I don't know if they're gonna make it for this twenty twenty one season or not, but we'll see. It'll be interesting. Um, and I think just the, the 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 thing with ball pythons, what makes it fun is just you know mixing new genes together um, so I, I made a lot of double heads this season um, I made I made quite a few last season um, I, the, the latest video that I posted on my youtube um, that was double head desert ghost clowns so we'll see we'll see how that goes it's gonna take you another, another couple of years I'm looking for a male uh, double visual probably somewhere down the line to put to all the females that I produce this season. So that's, that's the, I think that's the strategy, right? Is to have a really powerful male to breed to a bunch of, um, you know, hats or double hats to, to, to kind of, I, I, I don't know. It, it's, I say strategy. It might, it might not work for everyone. It might not be the best for everyone, but I think that kind of works for me from a, from a time perspective and i think from a budget perspective you know I, I that's what i like to do is i have females that have the genes but not not visually express it um and then produce the the visual males to go to that to those females and i think that for me it's probably works best what's your what-
0: yeah, that sounds like you got quite the project there on your hands. Ah, I I really dig the xanthic thing. I just see not a lot of people are working with them, but I see a few people are, are working with them and doing a good job. And like like you said, they're trying to take the the yellow there and uh, totally breed that out of the gene, right? By uh, only uh, breeding back selectively, breeding back uh, the ones that are you know minus the yellow right, thing. Right,
1: then, right, right. Because exantics I mean, the whole point behind exanthics is to you know, eliminate the yellows and the oranges and the reds out of it. So if there is those colors, I mean, that means it's, it's to me, that's not what I'm looking for. That's not the quality, but quality really is just perspective, right? Like some people, uh, it, it means different things for different people. Like, uh, I mean, we talked about other genes like pastel, like people, people are looking at pastel from a different lens, right? Some people might look at it because of the, the, the pattern that it, it adds, and some people are looking at it due to the color that it adds, and some people are looking at both. And some pastels are more yellow, some pastels are more orange. So, like when we talk about quality, I think a lot of, a lot of what, what weighs on quality is perspective. So, from my perspective, I like to keep all the yellows and oranges out of an Exantic
0: yeah for sure yeah that that's exactly how it's supposed to be done right to get that yellow right out of there so you get the, the minus the melanin from the yellow right so you don't get that in the mix there you're keeping it more like silverish grayish yeah black, absolutely right? and uh i don't i don't mean to go back here but i i still have this on my mind and i wanted to ask you a question about uh about the ghost gene right the hypo gene uh there's i believe there's only two different kind of hypos an orange one and a green one is that is that correct
1: i think there's more um i'm like like i said I, this, this is probably the first year that i i really dove into it um heavily um from my understanding from what i read um all the lines of hypo are compatible so it just it's, it's just you know selectively breeding certain traits or certain qualities like somebody just took a hypo and probably bred certain qualities um you know that's why there's the orange line and there's a green but i but i think they're all compatible that the 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 reason i don't really go with the orange hypo or the green hypo is because i already have some hypo in my collection and some of them are pos hypos poshet hypos um and i don't really know what what they are so like if I took a, a green hypo and I put it with something that I know is already a head hypo and I produce something, what do I call it? That's, that's kind of my concern is like, what, what do I do with it? Do I just call it a hypo or do I, do I call it a green hypo? And so I try to stay away from those other ones just because I don't want to mix it and, and kind of like falsely advertise something. Um, when I go and sell, sell one of the hatch Um, but from, from, from what i've read um and, and what i what i've gathered from speaking to other people i think they're all compatible
0: oh yeah i, I always figured that uh, from what i heard anyhow that uh they were compatible but uh, i i believe what you're saying uh, they're, that, they're, that they are compatible that's pretty cool i i i just never seen like a, a from, from my understanding uh as b- before like there's probably more kind of hypos out these days because more stuff is always being produced right but i uh before i was aware of just two of the hypo uh different kinds that there were like uh the green ghost i think they called it and then they called the orange yeah, ghost.
1: i think there's a there's a yellow version maybe it's called a lemon hypo or a yellow hypo. Um, like I said, I I didn't really dig into it that much because I try to stay away from the the, the different lines of hypo because just to, um, you know, not not cause any confusion, right? Because because I I didn't want to yeah. read one of those to my regular hypos and then not know what I should be classifying the hashlings as
0: yeah exactly i guess all you can really say is that they're hypo right but you can't really say specifically what kind of hypo that's yeah
1: yeah, that makes sense for sure same thing with like even with banana and coral glow. i mean like technically they're the same gene but you know i try to i try to only purchase animals that are labeled as coral glow because that's what i started with um and just to be respectful to the the people who who developed it you know you don't want to buy a coral glow and then call it a banana and vice versa buy a banana and call it a coral glow so what happens when you breed a banana and a coral glow together you're not going to be able to tell if it's a banana or a coral glow line right (laughs) so so it's like i I just don't want to you know falsely advertise something even though it's it's probably not a big deal it's just me being kind of ocd kind of thing happening you know don't want to No,
0: no, that's the, that's the right thing to do what you're doing. You just don't want to label it as something that it's not, which is totally understandable. Like, you know, it's, it is what it is when you mix a different kind with a different kind, you just don't know exactly what it is. Right. Right. Exactly. And uh, another thing I I noticed there is you got quite the big uh, following on YouTube,
1: eh? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's growing. It's growing. It, it's fun working on YouTube. It, it 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 is hard work though. I mean, you know, I, I have my regular nine to five. I have my family. I have my kids, and to be able to carve out some time to make videos. You know, some videos are pretty easy to shoot and then just to upload. But then there's other videos that you know, for some reason, just take an enormous amount of time. Especially my DIY videos. Um, they they take probably the most time to make because of the, the different angles and try to make sure that I get all the details and, and, and record everything and then go through the process of editing it, um, you know, like a lot of my DIYs, when I, when I combine all of the footage together, comes out to be like three or four hours, right? Um, and that's just how long it takes me to build it. Um, now, given, given if I wasn't recording, I could probably build it in a quarter of that time. But because I'm recording and trying to get all the angles in there, it takes longer. All the footage comes out to be like three or four hours. And then I have to try to condense that down to like 20 minutes. <laughs> so it, it becomes a it's, it's a pretty difficult task to, to try to, you know, remove all the all the nonsense, you know, all the repetitive stuff and just only show, you know, the, the, the the bare necessities of what it takes to, to build one of the, one of the racks, um, but yeah, I think, I think one, what, what happened with my channel when I started out, um, again, this, you know, I was talking about how, how I, I got into this because of genetics. I thought that putting some information out there about how genetics works, um, would be a huge hit. Uh, Obviously that didn't happen. My first five or six videos was about ball python genetics. and I, I didn't get much following um but then i figured since i had to build these racks anyway i, I would just record it and i like building stuff so i put that out there and and you know those videos are the ones that people watch the most um, obviously i can't build build racks all, all the time so um you know I, I have other educational videos out there as well you know, breeding ball pythons keeping them and um, you know I, I love the ad cutting videos I love doing those not, not only are they like the most exciting part for me uh, but they're also the the easiest to edit and to upload as well so I have but probably I didn't look at how many subscribers I have I think it's 3600, 3700 or something like that right now um, it's certainly not growing like like it's not it's not growing like some of some of the other channels are I see some some newcomers that are, They just started a channel like a year ago, and they have way more subscribers than me. I'm not really in this to to grow that quickly. I I do see some channels grow really quickly, and and I actually experienced it myself where when it grows really quickly, um, what happens after that that peak is that you start losing the subscribers for whatever reason, I don't understand. Um, So I kind of like just growing slowly, organically, and uh, just letting it do its thing. Um, I certainly appreciate all the people that have subscribed that have been following me. Um, it's, it's certainly a lot of fun, but it is a lot of work as well.
0: Yeah, I find your videos very useful actually. I uh, I got right into the the 28-court one that you're building there and uh, I built the same one myself like I was saying to you there when I was talking to you on Facebook that uh, I did the 28-court rack. Uh, uh snake rack that uh you built too but i didn't do mine out of um pvc like you did yours i did mine out of medium density fiber and uh all your measurements were correct Uh, i bought the 28 quart bins there off amazon and they all fit in perfect after the rack was built and the measurements that that you gave and everything was perfect my i had a sweet rack i no longer have that rack anymore because i moved and i wasn't able to take it with me uh given the circumstances at that time, but, uh, it, it was a very decent rack. And actually I'm going to build some bigger racks too. And I'm going to watch your videos. Do you have a, I believe you have a video on the, the 40 41 court tubs for like, uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. So I, I thought I would, by the way, you got very lucky with, uh, finding those tubs on Amazon and having them fit perfectly. Uh, a lot of times I get, I get emails, I get, um, text messages from people who, want to build but they can't um, find the same tubs and so i thought I, I tell them i was like you, you gotta you gotta buy your tubs first and get your measurements for your tubs before you go build it because otherwise you're not going to fit like the, the the way i show my videos especially where i go in detail about how to measure and and uh, and, and, and cut the cut the material um I, I i try to be as clear as possible that the racks are built, the measurements are based on the tub size. So you can you can get any tub size you want. And I I, I, I would recommend people shop around and find a tub that are readily available, um, that are cheap. And because the whole point of building your own is, is try to keep the cost down, right? And so find the tubs that you can get in your area and then get the measurements of those tubs and then use the process within my videos to calculate what the measurements should be for the racks um and so and so I, I like my my I, I always say when i'm building it like it, it should be based on the tubs and not just follow my measurements um blindly you know unless you can get the exact tub that'd be awesome if you get the exact tub, you don't have any thinking to do you just follow my videos get my measurements and then wham bam you're done um, but if you can't get the exact same tubs then really just Take the time and measure your tubs as as accurate as you can, and then use the process that I have in my videos to, you know, pad those measurements or, or put in a out uh, of one inch gap and all that stuff for, for airflow, um, and then build your rack. Um, but yeah, I, I did have a video. I do have a video. on building a 41 foot tub, um, and I thought I would need it to be honest i built that when i guess my my females were probably around 1600 uh before the 2000 gram mark and i thought i would need a larger larger size tub um to to hold those large females but after building that number one 41 quart tubs are, are very big and they're cumbersome right um and i put the females in i didn't really see any benefit to them besides the fact that they, that they're just bigger. I mean, from a maintenance perspective, it was, it was more work because it was a lot bigger tub. Um, but I didn't really see much benefit. Uh, the females would just go straight to the back and then just stay on top of the heat, uh, the heating panel or the heat tape anyway. Um, and so, uh, because my room that I keep all my snakes in is small. I decided to tear down that 41 port tub rack. Um, so when people come to me and they say, hey, you know, I want to build this 41 port tub rack, I always say, I always ask them, like, what, what, what are you keeping in there? Because if it's just ball pythons, stick to the 28 port tub. So what are, what are you using the 41s for, or well, consider using the 41s for? Is it just ball pythons, or are you keeping something bigger?
0: Yeah, I would just use it for bigger uh, females that are growing out, right? Like the twenty-eight quart tubs would be perfect there for like male, male adult, sub, sub adult ball pythons, or even full-grown ball pythons if they're male, right? But the some females get very large, right? You'd want to put them in a in a forty-one quart tub after they're they're nice. Yeah, and yeah, like, like if that, they get eh?
1: to if, I mean, there's there's some huge females like 300 3000 3, gram females. I think those would do well in a 41, but if it's around 2200 grams or smaller, um I would say between between 1, 000 and 22, you can keep those in a 28. I think they do better in a 28 to be honest. Um but yeah, when when you're pushing like beyond 22 you know, you're getting close to a 3,000 grand female, yeah, you definitely need to upgrade to something bigger. Right now, I think all of my females are around the... Uh, I think the, the biggest one maxes out around 2,100 grand. Um, all the other ones are probably under 2,000. Um, all, all the breeding ones, anyway.
0: Okay. A couple more questions before we wrap this... Uh, this uh... This episode up, I just wanted to ask you, um, how many how many snakes roughly around are you keeping? Oh,
1: I, I lost count a while ago. Um, I do keep track of the number of females just because I know how many racks I built. Um, as far as the, I guess adult females, there's about forty two uh, adult females, um, and then I have let's see. Right now, I have over a hundred hatchlings. Um, so, so yeah, they're, they're, there's there's oh, quite wow. a few. But the number of hatchlings that, that that fluctuates, right? Because, you know, during breeding season, and especially right now, you know, there's there's quite a few hatchlings. Um, but but you know, probably by Aprilish, you know, um, I would have sold most of the ones that are that are available and just have what what I want to hold back. But uh, like when I when I talk about size of a collection, I usually just go by the female. When I'm talking to, to like another breeder, it's like, hey, how big is how big is your collection? I, I would just ask um, how many female, how many adult females do you have? That kind of gets me a sense of you know how big that collection is because the females are the ones that produce eggs. Uh, you can have you know, as many males as you want, but you know the, the, the number of eggs you're going to produce is based on the number of females.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, one last question there, and uh, this question is: what What temperatures do you keep your snakes at?
1: Okay, um, it's it's going to be between eighty six and ninety one. Um, yeah, it's, that's gonna, the hot. That's the hot spot, the hot, it, the right? Hot spot. Um, right now. I kind of turn the temperature down a little bit, and this is the first time that I decided to turn the temperature down usually what I do is I just keep it consistent around 90 in the on the hot on the hot side right um, and, and I just okay. let the ambient temperature kind of do its thing to, to I guess cycle I guess the word is to cycle the females um, that's what I've been doing uh, this 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 season I did turn them down to 86 on the hot spot so we'll see how that goes i'm not like i said it's the first year i've been i've been getting a lot of male hash things i've been very male heavy um, last couple seasons so i want to see if turning the temperature down a little bit helps because i from what i've heard and read um, the higher temperatures affect the, the 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 male sperm so uh the sperms that are carrying the y chromosome or the y yeah the y chromosome right so i think those are 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 not as tolerant to higher temperature so maybe that could be a possibility why i've been getting a lot of males um, in the past couple seasons so like i said this this is all just trial so we'll see what happens um by turning it down i'm hoping that uh, we'll have more sperm count that are the, the the y the y chromosome sperms will will have a higher number of them survive and then you know hoping that sorry sorry i, I i've been to x not the y the x the, the y's are the ones that are male the x chromosomes are the ones that are going to be producing the female so um keeping the temperature lower i think it'll increase the number of x chromosomes. at least that's what i'm hoping to do so um,
0: Okay, so you're gonna yeah, definitely that, keep it slow.
1: Now, that's that's just what I read. I don't know how true it is. It's, it could just be all anecdotal. So, um, you never know till you try. Uh, I don't think 86 is, is harmful. So, so we're gonna just try that, and, and uh, you know, keep our fingers crossed that uh, that the 86 is gonna help the, the 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 number of sperms with the X chromosome, <laughs> and hopefully they they make it to uh, to, to to fertilize those eggs to hopefully get some more females but um in general like in the past i kept them stable around 90 91 and then i just let the ambient temperature kind of drop um with the seasons um and then my snake room is kind of long um it's narrow and it's long so i think it's like eight feet by four and a half and so i know that on one side of the room it's cooler and then on the, other, on the other side is warmer. So what I also did in the past was I would just rotate those females. So they all have an opportunity to go on the cool side with, on the cool side of the room. Um, and that kind of helps with, cause I, 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 can, I, can, I can kind of um, manipulate when I want certain females to to start developing their follicles. Um, and what I did was, like I said, I I did this for two seasons. What I did was I I rotated those females. So half of the, half of the females were on the cool side while the other half stayed on the warm side. And then after a couple months I would, I would switch them. So the warm ones went to the cool side and the cool ones went to the warm side. And what I saw in the results were that I got two peaks this season. Within, in terms of egg production so I think that that kind of um, lends itself to not lends itself what what am I trying to say that that kind of proves a little bit at least at least from from this season that um, the the temperature fluctuations do impact um, the the females and and their in their in their cycles
0: Okay, that's that sounds right. Yeah, so it all depends on which temperature is. And it's trial and error, like you said. You're just gonna see what 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 comes of it, right? See if I, at 86 there, if you could uh, produce more females with uh, X well, chromosome. The, right? the,
1: the the point of reducing the temperature this season, this time around, um, is more for the males, right? To 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 reduce the temperature on on the males so that the X from, there, there could be more X chromosomes that the males. Are. Oh, that's yeah, right. So, the yeah. sperm, the so sperm like, hopefully, the males, there's more yeah. X, X sperm uh, that that you know the males put into the females and and give that give that uh, a, a better chance at producing more females, female hatchlings.
0: Yeah, that's that's perfect. Awesome, man. That's good to know. It's good to know for me too like uh so I know a little bit more what's going on when uh I'm Yeah, I mean it's it's all fun. It's ID, it's all right? trial,
1: you know, so, like I don't know if it's going to work or not, but it's it's just, you know, from reading some certain things, you you want, you want to just give it a go and see what happens. I mean, obviously do it responsibly. So you don't want to drop the temperature too much uh, and, and affect their digestion, but I think 86 is still within the safe zone. So We'll see what happens.
0: Okay. All right. Well, well, Kai, it was nice having you on here on my podcast. And uh, we'll look forward to maybe interviewing you again in the future. Yeah, yeah. Great to be on, on here. Thanks, that for point,
1: the, right? thanks for having me on here. This, is, this has been – this is my first podcast, and it's been fun. So thanks for, thanks for uh, doing this.
0: Hey, thanks no bro. problem. It was awesome having you, man. And uh, I I look forward to, like I said, seeing what's going on with you there in the future. So we'll definitely try and get you back on here.
1: Looking forward to it.
0: All right, Kai, you have yourself a good one, man, and we'll, we'll talk to you again soon, man. Bye.